So do we think McDaniels is going to be the head coach come week one or is he going to back out again? Stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. This week it is this division of football <laughs> that we'll be discussing. It's our AFC West preview. So hey, we got Connor here, we've got Ronan. Hello. And we've got Sean. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? Any crack? No, nothing has happened since the last week. Well, we just fly straight on into the, the, the previews. We'll kick off with the Broncos. So they've uh, obviously the big news in the offseason was they added quarterback Russell Wilson. And they also brought in head coach Nathaniel Hackett to run the show. On the defense, they've added Randy Gregory, DJ Jones, Kwan Williams, Nick Benito, Alex Singleton, Bless Austin and Damari Mathis. On the offensive side, Billy Turner, Tom Compton, Greg Dulich and Montrell Washington. They lost, oh, poor one out for the best quarterback room in the league. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are both gone. <laughs> Drew Locke currently still slated to start for the Seahawks, I'm guessing. Hopefully Early that'll change. getting beat out by Geno Smith. Oh, wow. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till we're on our NFC previews for that, but <laughs> fuck me, that's that's grim. They also on the defensive side lost Shelby Harris, Bryce Callahan, Stephen Weatherly, Kenny Young, Kyle Fuller, Jamar Stevenson, and AJ Johnson. On the offensive side, they lost Noah Fant, Bobby Massey, Cam Fleming, Deshaun Hamilton, and their center, Brett Jones. So, Russell Wilson is here. We've talked about this roster a couple of times in recent years as being essentially a quarterback away from being a real competitor because you look at the skilled position players they have. Now, unfortunately, they lost their tight end in that trade. But, like, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got Cortland Sutton, and then you've got Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Andrew Beck as your wide receiver kind of group. Tight end needs work, but, you know, previously it was much better. They have a pretty all right line. The running game is good. I like I like Javante Williams, and Melvin Gordon works very well as a pair with him as well. So, like, this is an offense that is to be reckoned with. It's a, it's a, it's a proper top-end one. The defense is interesting because it's still certainly feels like a very good defense maybe not at the level it was two or three years back but look they've got pass rush up the front they've got a good to to, to very good secondary linebacker maybe is a little bit more of a of an open-ended question we'll say but like is this is a team that should be able to pull together nicely if the quarterback is in place now this is the question that we've been asking for a little bit about well, I've been asking for a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to speak on your behalf. How good is Russell Wilson anymore? Genuinely. Because he's had a couple of down seasons. He had the surgery last year. He rushed himself back from the surgery and didn't look great. Any time that they've said, let Russ cook, he's cooked for about a game and a half. And then it's kind of not gone great. The, outside of just general power struggles, there has to be a rationale to the Seattle Seahawks letting him go like well i think his uh reported contract demands probably had a lot to do with that to be honest 50 mil a year there, there, there are question marks over what type of russell wilson we're going to be getting here but yeah like i i, I just think it's it's, it's one it's one to, to, to flag as as a question that i do think is a valid question asked they've got nice offensive weapons but do these types of weapons lean into the type of play that the russell would like to make and then the, the the other big question is obviously like i said there's a lot of new pieces on this defense is that going to work because they lost Vic Fangio. The new guy is called Ejiro Avero. Is that right? Yep. I don't really know much about him. 
he's a first-time DC, so obviously a big pressure there, taking over from a guy like Vic Fangio, who was yeah the defensive coordinator yeah. slash head coach for the Denver Broncos last year. So this is really Vic Fangio's defense, and you can kind of see his fingerprints all over it because the secondary is really, really good. Yeah. Obviously, they got Pat Sertain in the draft last year. Ronald Darby's been really solid for them. Kareem Jackson and, and Justin Simmons are a really good safety pair. And Quan Williams being brought in in free agency, I think, kind of makes up for the loss of, of some guys who are, you know, Bryce Callahan's fine. And the secondary is fine. I think linebacker has always been kind of a weakness for them, even during the Vic Fangio area. But Josie Jewell's been solid for them. And Alex Singleton, uh, I think Eagles fans don't particularly like him, but hopefully he'll just be like the third or fourth linebacker for them. Yeah. And Malik Reed continue to build on that. I think the was interesting thing on the defense is actually their kind of defensive line i think they bring in dj jones to replace shelby harris who they lost in the russell wilson trade dj jones is pretty good he played for san francisco fairly well liked by pff and similar so i think their hope is he'll just kind of be a like for like swap and it'll be pretty solid but you know the big signing that they made was randy gregory who obviously only came to them because the cowboys tried to add in some contract details to um screw him over and or in his perception get screwed over we say screw over like Taking issue with the kind of offset language, should you get arrested again? Sounds like he's yeah. done something and he's just afraid they're going to catch him this year. Yeah, he's hardly, you know, without fault, basically, is probably the, the best way of putting it. But, like, he obviously got his guarantees from the, the Denver organization. Mm-hmm. And so him and Bradley Chubb, in theory, could be a really good pass rush tandem. But mm-hmm. in in practice, Bradley Chubb has not really lived up to being the new Von Miller for that defense and it's spent no. a lot of time and, and Randy Gregory's not had full yeah, availability no, like like he has been unavailable way longer than he's been available due to various suspensions and and, and, and injuries so yeah. it's a very up and down pass rush scenario for them but of course like, like people aren't really interested in defense right they're interested in Russell Wilson and obviously being a Seahawks fan I'll probably try to give an answer to how good is Russell Wilson right now I'd say Russell Wilson right now is still a top 10 quarterback maybe top 12 if you're if you're being ungenerous but i think the problem is that his strength he's an he's an elite deep passer if he's a he's a guy who can still get outside the pocket and make plays uh, like on an ad hoc basis when needed but the, when he's at his best is when he sees a quick ball to well previously tyler lockett and dk metcalf and just made those rainbow throws are truly not if not unique certainly among the very best in the nfl with the best guys who are still considered elite like this is a guy if he sees a deep ball he will take it and he will be right on the money and be able to beat any defensive coverage if he has got like a wide receivers who could win in a 50 50 situation and i think Kirtland sutton is someone who could definitely do that i think jerry judy has the potential to be his kind of tyler lockett i think jerry judy is an elite route runner he's a guy with a great understanding of the game at the wide receiver position he's just been very unlucky that being open all the time isn't enough to get passes from Drew Locke. He'll just throw them right over your head, even though he knows you're open. Russell Wilson will be able to get that pass. I think the biggest problem is actually the coach. They bring in Nathaniel Hackett, which means that they're probably going to run, you know, a variant of the the wider Green Bay Shanahan type systems. You know, these uh, with a lot of outside zone, a lot of uh, play action, but also a requirement to really be good at passing the ball over the middle. Something that someone like Jimmy G is good at. Something that Russell Wilson hasn't really been able to do since Doug Baldwin was at uh, wide receiver from it. Doug Baldwin was an elite kind of slot guy since then Russell Wilson he's kind of been living on that deep ball living on those big plays to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and getting those quick touchdowns but very often just as often ending up in situations like third and 10 third and 12 and stuff like that and kind of being inaccurate when required to pass inside and like to some extent like you know but that kind of comes down to an argument like was that because someone like Pete Carroll his previous head coach just loved running the ball and just thought the inside passing game was just bad running or is that because Russell Wilson is just 
he's shorter, of course, so there's issues seeing over his offensive linemen, or he just is unwilling to trust those guys on those timing throws. Those guys, that those throws require you to trust your receivers to be on time, whereas the ones like the bombs to DK Metcalf, like you can kind of play it by ear and be a bit more improvisational. And like Russell Wilson in his latter years with Seahawks, I just didn't see him doing that. He worked really well in the, like the Air Coriel Schottenheimer system, but in the Shanahan type system that the Seahawks tried to run last year with their new offensive coordinator, obviously Russell Wilson and the injury like makes things a bit more vague and hard to tell. But the early signs were that like it, it didn't look quite as comfortable. So yeah. Russell Wilson still has skills that make him an elite quarterback. But I'm not sure they're the same skills that make sense for Nathaniel Hackett and what he'll be trying to do. But a good head coach adapts to what he has, and he has the wide receiver core that if he if he's going to be just like the deep ball thrower and make that a core part of the offense with or without the play action, then I think Russell Wills can still do, that, still do that. And if the rest of the offense, if the offensive line can hold up and be still you know above average, then that should overall still work, in my opinion. No, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. What do you think, Sean? Any any input? I mean, I, I broadly agree with what you're saying. Um, obviously, Wilson is the big upgrade. I'm not, I don't think I'm on as on board as, as Ronan is about this wide receiver core. I mean, they're unproven. And yes, you can make the argument they're unproven because the quarterbacks have been thrown to them have been awful the last few years. But I mean, the potential is there, but we, have we really seen Judy and even Cortland Sutton have those kind of the, those big seasons they're going to need? The defense, obviously, it means the top 10 defense generally. It's, it's going to be interesting to go on. I, th- I think the big uncertainty here is actually the coaching changes. Obviously, Hackett has never been is not a, is moving up from kind of the, the Green Bay system, but he's never been head coach. Ivero was part of the Rams system as an assistant for four or five years, but he's never been a, a coordinator either. So people stepping into big chairs in a big situation, a lot of pressure and a tough division. I think that could potentially be where the, the weak spot is because they're going to have to get it right. And as Ronan says on the offensive side, the pieces, fitting these pieces together is not as simple as letting Russ cook. You're going to have to find a way to make it work. And obviously on, on the defensive side, moving past Fangio's legacy is going to be a challenge in itself. So they're in a tougher spot than it looks on paper because of these changes if it works great but there's every reason to think in this top division that it might not work but i, I expect them to be competitive i mean this this defense has always been good and and any an offense adding russell wilson over teddy and drew lock is, is yeah i mean it's got to be an upgrade i mean it just has to as it stands we're all kind of looking at this as being a this is a tough division these guys are going to be improved and i think we all have them with a winning record unfortunately none of us have them making the playoffs at it so i have them winning nine games going nine and eight and you guys have them winning ten but yeah, so like, it's one of those, that I think it'll be an improvement, but it's also, you know, Russell Wilson's come down, he does have some surrounding talent, I think there'll be some teething issues, and then, top it all off, he's transferred to being the third best quarterback in his division, I think, which is, it's a, it's a tough one to be, because even though quarterback is what's been holding them back, I also, I, also, I, I don't want to understand, I do think that the loss of, 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 of Fant as part of that trade is going to be quite, quite large as well, because I think that was yeah, going to play like- a lot into how they were hoping to scheme initially. And like we're like okay, they got a winning record, but this is a team that has to win now. Russell Wilson's not getting any younger. This is a team that's obviously made the big move. If they don't make the playoffs, you know there will be pressure put on Daniel Hackett. This is as Sean says, these are like inexperienced coaches. They don't have any experience being in the big chairs. They are expected to make the playoffs, even given the margin of error that they, that, how little that is. No one's going to care about that because they have Russell Wilson. They said they were going to win. They don't make the playoffs. 
things are going to get messy pretty quickly. We'll see, we'll see. Next up, we're going to have a look at the Chargers, the off-season darlings, the, uh, the, the perennial off-season winners, and the Move the Sticks pick for the best in AFC West, the best quarterbacking in the AFC West, and the best everything in the AFC West. They have added Khalil Mack. Didn't he used to play for someone else in this division? <laughs> Sebastian Joseph, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Kyle Vinoy, Otio Oboni, JC Jackson, Bryce Callahan, JT Wood, Jasir Taylor, Troy Reader, and on the offense, Gerald Everett, Zion Johnson, Isaiah Spiller, Jamari Slayer, and DeAndre Carter. They lost Ichenze Nuoza, Justin Jones, Linval Joseph, Jared Cook, Brian Balaga, Andre Roberts, Justin Jackson, Ode Obushi, Michael Schofield, Chris Harris, Ryan Smith, Shazir White, and Kyler Fracknell. So, look, Sean, they're going for a big defensive overhaul. They're hoping that they've got everything they need on the offense because they didn't really add a ton there. Like, I wouldn't say Gerald Everett's a huge addition. Do we think that this is a setup to win or do we think this is a stagnation? I have to say I love where this team is right now. I think they're in a very interesting position. They're probably the best Chargers team I've seen. Now the question is, are the the Chargers going to charge or can they actually make that step up? Obviously, it all comes around Herbert. I mean, he looks like probably one of the most naturally talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. He was so good last season as a step up from the season before. They didn't make the playoffs because for reasons that we don't need to get into, making weird decisions at the end of their game against the Raiders. I think we can see Herbert taking another step up. I think he's got good pieces around him. I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, these are guys who are maybe not superstars, but they certainly, they, they do contribute. Williams especially is capable of the big plays. Austin Eckler is, is, is a big part of that system as well. So I think offensively, they, they have all that they need. And, and certainly you have to expect Herbert to take another step up. I mean, if second year Herbert was that good, I mean, how good is third year Herbert going to have to be so so I think it's there I think I think we could be talking MVP if things go well especially if they can win this really tough division then he's going to be on a lot of primetime games he's going to be he's going to be splashing all over the place he's such a good TV quarterback as well he's such a good just love watching him so I think he could be he could be a real star of the season to come the big question for the Chargers obviously is the defensive end their run defense is appalling their pass defense is a little bit better but probably not good enough they're a team that can give up 45 points in a game if things aren't going their way and that obviously is not something that's going to stand if they want to compete at the elite level of the AFC when you're up against your Pat Mahomes and you're up against uh, your Josh Allens or you're up against the, the kind of the elite teams they're going to be placing they have to step up I think their big additions Khalil Mack is obviously a few years past his prime but, but it's still a, an impact player I mean he was pro bowler only two years ago so there's every possibility that he can, he can make an impact in this division I mean he knows his division well so he, he's a guy he's a good addition to have in terms of experience I mean JC Jackson obviously was the star of the Pats last year and he's, he's a big addition to them in that secondary question is maybe they're not adding the parts to the the defense that needs to be worked on have they really improved their run defense as much as they should I mean they're going to have to get those numbers up because if it if they are facing it teams that know that we just have to run against these guys to control the clock and kill them then that's what teams are going to do but if they can fix that I mean there are questions about the coaching I mean is is the Staley Lombardi Ronaldo Hill team I mean they don't really scream Super Bowl caliber and they haven't really demonstrated to us that they're maybe of that quality to have a talent like Herbert but if Herbert plays at the level he plays they're certainly going to be a fun team to watch and they're going to win a lot of games and if things go well defensively I can see them winning this division I have them 12 and 5 which gives them the three seed I see them going all the way to the AFC championship game I can definitely see them pushing someone like the Bills 
all the way. And in a tough AFC, they, they are one of the best teams out there if it all comes together. But they're the Chargers. The Chargers are going to charge. They could be figured out in terms of, of their defensive weaknesses. So, I mean, you could I could see it going either way, but I, I got to back the horse. Like the way I thought, thought the Bills, I thought I just had a feeling this is going to be the Bills' year. I have a feeling this is going to be a really, really fun, exciting year for the Chargers where they win a lot of games. Well, A, I just love Connor's burning resentment of the Chargers, and especially Justin Herbert being talked about. But, like, look, the reason that we talk about Justin Herbert more than Patrick Mahomes is because... Patrick Mahomes already done it all, right? We already know he's great and he's won a Super Bowl and he's, he's probably going to be a fever MVP. But there's peril when it's Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert is a really, really, really good quarterback. Certainly someone who could have to be in the top five already and certainly could get better. But he has to deal with the fact that he plays for the Chargers, which is just the ultimate chaos in terms of you actually having a chance of winning. We saw, you can watch all of the amazing documents, people like John Boyce, about all of the unlucky Chargers teams that wasted Philip Rivers' prime. And that could very easily happen to him. And so, Connor, don't feel too bad. Like, it's the Chargers. They're almost inevitably going to be creating much more it's, humorous it's, it's, times for you. It's, than it's, it's just that every single year they're the offseason darling and they've won the offseason. Like, it's just, it's every single year. And, like, I think it's, I, I like them. Like I said, I've got them, I've got them making the playoffs i've got them winning 11 games here i think i've been going as far as the divisional round but like it is a spot where i do still see holes in the roster and mistakes they'll have and i'm not convinced with this with with the, with the coaching situation whatsoever they are a talented team i just i think that they are that they haven't done enough in the offseason on the offensive side to give themselves that little push over the edge as well as sean pointed out the biggest issue with them last year was their atrocious run defense they bring in sebastian joseph day they bring in austin johnson they bring in otidio Ogbania as a rookie they bring in some additional linebackers like troy reader and kyle van noy maybe those guys can fill it but you know there is a small question because like we're, we, we poo-poo on brandon staley now but of course we have to remember he got his job because he had the number one defense at the rams when when they they were really good a couple of years ago um, although you know they only got the super bowl after he left so make it that what you will he had this defense that really has been transformative his number one defense has basically led to the re-emergence as a 3-4 as being the default and even teams that have traditionally been 4-3 like the seahawks have moved to 3-4 because this is the wave of the future but his system is built in a way such that you're supposed to get an extra free, in inverted commas, defensive back on the field to stop all the explosive passing games that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are at the vanguard of. But last year, because he didn't have Aaron Donald, he had these like less good guys, and he's obviously got rid of a few of them, like Justin Jones. That system just fell apart completely because teams could just run it right through them. And so there's a big question there. A... Are the defensive tackle additions like Johnson and Joseph, are they enough to just fix the system? Or is the system broken and is Staley and his defensive quarter in a- unable to make the evolutions or the changes required to his like to his system that's obviously other people have taken and potentially improved and actually, you know, get it back to where it is, or at least at least get it back to be fucking average, at least. Because right now, if he just sticks to his guns and says, This is my system, it gave me the number one overall defense and I had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, and I'm just going to keep doing it and we'll just keep throwing defensive free agents at it until it works. If he's not able to adapt, the NFL, like two years ago is like, you know, 15 years ago for, for basic terms in the NFL. Two years ago, you can be a genius. Two years later, you're an idiot. And if Brandon Staley isn't able to make that adaption and show why he was such a highly valued head coach candidate with his defensive coordinator bona fides, then he could very quickly find himself, you know, in a lot of trouble because the Chargers, like every other team in this division, if they don't make the playoffs, they are in serious trouble. They will be talked about a lot in a negative sense. Pressure is so high and the margins are so small. I think Staley, he has to prove that he was worth it when he was brought in and make this defense at the very least 
decent and certainly not the joke it was last year. The offense, certainly, I have no reason to see it. it'll be worse than last. Whether it has an extra step that it can take will probably come down to whether Herbert can do that and maybe the offensive line's a little bit better, but it's the defense that has to take the step up. This team's going to stop being a joke and start being a genuine contender. And like I said, so I've got them going 11-6 and six and getting to the divisional round. You have them going 11-6 and six and getting out in the wildcard round. Sean, you have them 12-5, and five, third seed and being runners-up in the AFC Championship. We'll move on to the Raiders. They've added Josh McDaniels as head coach, Mick Lombardi at offensive coordinator and Patrick Graham at defensive coordinator. They brought over Devontae Adams from Green Bay. They also added Dylan Parham, Alex Bars, Jacob Johnson, Brandon Bolden, Zamir White, Jacob Hollister and Demarcus Robinson. On the defense, they brought in Chandler Jones, Rocky Sin, Bilal Nichols, Jerron Harmon, Jalen Brown, Kenny Young, Anthony Avert, Darius Phillips and Vernon Butler. They lost Yannick Ngokwe, Quinton Wilson, Solomon Thomas, Carl Nassib and Gerald McCoy from the defensive line. Linebackers and DBs, Casey Hayward, Corey Littleton, Nick Krakowski, KJ Wright, Nicholas Morrow, Brandon Faison, Kizzy and Nixon and Desmond Trufant so they're kind of redoing that entire section on the <laughs> offensive side they also lost Brian Edwards Zay Jones Marcus Mariota Alec Ingold Nick Martin Richie Incognito Peyton Barber and Deshaun Jackson that is a lot of turnover so do we think McDaniels is going to be the head coach come week one or is he going to back out again <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he he just got a lot of guys paid a lot of money, so I don't know, maybe he can be a consultant for them or just like live off that. I don't think any of us have been particularly positive on the Josh McDaniels move initially, but to be fair to him, he's doing a very aggressive change of this team. He obviously doesn't believe that the leftovers of the Gruden area are worth talking about, and obviously given that they've had so many first-round picks and they're already ditching them, or effectively they're not expected to start... Maybe there's good reason for that. Like on the personnel side, the Raiders have just been a disaster with all of the resources they had last year. So instead of wasting more resources, you trade like your first round pick for Devontae Adams, a guy who's a proven commodity. You bring in Chandler Jones, who's a veteran in free agency, another proven commodity. And then with the guys who are already replaced with level, you basically just go, okay, let's just get guys in and see what we have. But the offense at least has a cluster an identifiable cluster that's mostly the same as last year, except it's adding Devontae Adams. So you have Derek Carr. He obviously has a previous relationship with Devontae Adams, so that should, in theory, be good. I don't know if it'll be as good as it was, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, but at least it shouldn't not work out, basically. But obviously, they have Hunter Renfro, who's probably one of the best slot guys in the league. Very much reminds me of people like Doug Baldwin, where they're obviously, you know, they don't do the sexy things, but they move the chains, and they, they kind of keep the whole... They, they really pull the room together, I suppose, for lack of a better term. And Darren Waller <laughs> is a, a really elite playmaker tight end joker tight end i think he he had a little bit of a down year like last year but i still think if it's a guy who's still getting like 800 900 yards and multiple touchdowns like you can probably you know that's still really good for a tight end it's just everyone else on the skill position i have no idea what's going to happen like if you're going to see a lot of foster moreau or jacob johnson at fullback or you're going to see like guys like demarcus robinson or mac holland see some time even a running back they're talking about going to committee i think josh jacob will be the the running back running back the guy who goes on in first and second down but you know they bring in samir white they have Kenyon Drake from the last regime and they have other options that could perhaps get some time at the running back position and the offensive line Colton Miller's good at left tackle but the rest of this offensive line is basically just a, a shit show like most of the analysis I saw is casting doubts at their first round pick last year Alex Weatherwood will even start for them this year so that's just a position where they, they were shopping at corner shop last year kind of getting discounted offensive linemen and they've it's not a it's not an offensive line that necessarily inspires confidence so the pressure will be on Derek Carr to prove that he can uh, show what he did last year which is being a you know good solid quarterback who could get you into the playoffs he's obviously not Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert but he doesn't need to be necessarily 
if you've got Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller kind of carrying the, the water for you. On the defense, it's basically very similar because you have that core of guys that you can trust. you got Max Crosby. Everyone on, on the podcast likes Max Crosby, especially Sean. I think that should be fine. You have guys, Trevin Merrick, who look pretty solid at the safety position. But you also have a bunch of uncertainty right here. Like, obviously, you bring in a veteran like Chandler Jones. That should be fine. But your current starting tackle, the defensive tackles are Billy Nichols and Jonathan Hankins. John Hankins, I feel, has been long on the toot multiple years at this point, but he, he could probably still do the job of pulling up a few gaps. But it's very much like new guys like J.M. Brown and Kyler Fackrell competing with old guys from the old regime like Cleland Farrell and Jonathan Abram. And it's just very much uncertainty around how that defense will come under together on Patrick Graham, who was probably not the worst part about the Giants uh, in terms of his tenure as defensive coordinator there. But that's not really saying much, I suppose. So overall, the defense, like I see a lot of holes in the defense, but there are enough guys that I think will be good but it won't be the worst defense in the league the problem is that in the AFC West things are so tight that you have to wonder whether that'll be good enough to get it done but look I I see the roster overall and I say a wild card level roster I don't think it's worse I think it's better than last year when they made did make the wild card so the big question is whether the rest of the division just ends up bullying them enough or not to, to knock them off that perch but overall I'm like given where I was when they hired Josh McDaniels the moves that they made have been quite aggressive and I think that the offense, at the very least, should be fun to watch. And then the defense will we'll kind of see Patrick Graham put something together there. But honestly, it's one of those scenes that I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure on right now. Like, I have them actually making the playoffs with 10 wins, but I could very easily see them, like, not making that and being much worse than that. But it's just a team that I'm kind of going, the talent that they brought in, like Devontae Adams, is good enough. And there was enough pieces there that they're worthy of some respect, at least. I agree. It's a very interesting team. I mean, I, for some reason, I ended up watching the Raiders quite a bit last year. I think they were just on prime time an awful lot. And they were surprisingly good. I mean, I did not expect them to be just as solid as they were. I mean, okay, defensively, it's Max Crosby and a bunch of guys, and there are a lot of holes there. And offensively, I mean, you're still, you were still relying on, on Derek Carr having a, a you know, a good game, but statistically he had a pretty good season last season. So they, they are somehow a team that becomes more than some of their parts when it all fits together, especially given the chaos that the Raiders were, were dealing with last year with the Gruden stuff and, and all the other messiness that basically that they didn't have a head coach near the end of the season or they, they just had a guy and they still ended up making the playoffs. And now they've added some very interesting pieces. I mean, I think if you look at the skill attacking positions, you look at Jacob's Adams, Renfro, and Waller. I actually think it's difficult to find for those four positions, your two main wide receivers, RB1 and your tight end. It's hard to find four, any team which has four guys that are that good on paper as a thing. Now, the, obviously the X factor is Derek Carr. We've seen him have good seasons. We've seen him have terrible seasons. We've seen him have very underwhelming seasons. He's not looked as good as, as possibly he could, but he's also not looked as bad as, as we feared at certain times. So it's going to be a very important season for Carr because with Devontae Adams especially, and it looks like Adams was his guy, his friend from college, there's a lot of pressure there about him performing because as as we've been talking about, the AFC West is going to be it's going to be a very high profile division. A lot of good teams are going to be on TV a lot. All of these teams expect to make the playoffs because of how aggressive they were in the offseason and how generally talented they are. And at least one of these teams is not making the playoffs, possibly two. So if this if these teams start losing games, and the Raiders probably more than any other team 
our team are capable of going on a losing streak, pressure gets really immense and we know the Raiders organization has a lot of problems with it, so things could fall apart very quickly off the field. So it's going to be interesting from a psychological point to, to watch how the Raiders go. I, I'm not convinced that they really solved their defensive problems. I think they're still very much dependent on Crosby just destroying people and hoping that it works out otherwise. But offensively, they could be very interesting. If Carr has one of his statistically good years, it will actually look good on the field as well because of the players he has around him now. Keeping Renfo was a very big part of that. Adams is going to be a, a star if he gets thrown to uh, enough. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough division. It's going to be a lot of pressure. But if they can pull it off, I think I think they are a 10-win team. I mean, obviously, the, the McDaniels thing is the other wild card. I mean, how good he's going to be as a head coach. But I do think they have 10 wins in and a playoff spot. Probably a wild card losing from there. But that, that is a good season given the division that they're in. They're ultimately all wild cards, but in Las Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit further down in them. I have them going seven and ten. Yeah, I just think it's a very tough division. I don't think they've done enough to improve that defense at all, given who they're going to be playing. I, I imagine there'll be a bit of a bit of a swap around. Like to be honest, going to any coach from Gruden is going to be a bit of a swap around. But Josh McDaniels in particular, I don't. I think it's, I think it's going to be a little bit of a bit of a transition. It's hard to say you hate the Adams trade because, like, he is an incredible wide receiver, and everyone will be happy to have him. I don't think he fits our offense particularly well. I know that he's friends with with, with Carr and that. And obviously, look, Josh McDaniels is coming in. They're going to swap a lot of things around and that. I just don't know. I can see I can see a fall off in in his production. So I imagine Adams isn't going to have his 115 catches this year. You know, I'm with you, Sean. That like they have the, that, that that first set of things is great. Adams, Jacobs, Renfro, Waller. Like that that that's a very good set up around it but it's not a great line Derek Carr is not an incredible quarterback it's a really terrible defense like if I, I'm, I'm like looking at the defensive backs in particular on this team and I know it's a huge amount of turnover like in division you've got six games against Pat Mahomes Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson they're going to get destroyed in those games unless this offense really clicks and is putting up 30 points because they're going to be going to boat races and I'm I I don't see Derek Carr as a boat race winner. I still, I still think they'll be good. And like, you know, the seven wins isn't to say they're a bad team. It's that they're playing a tough schedule. And, you know, like I said, they've got, they've got, it's an entire division of, of playoff hopefuls. But yeah, just, I just, uh, I think there's too many moving pieces. I, I, st- I still personally have a thing in the back of my head where I think Derek Carr is the problem. I think they need to get a new quarterback. Obviously, bringing in his friend, they're not moving him anytime soon. If, if you listen to the around the NFL podcast, I think Derek Carr is the Dalton line. I think he is just good enough that you can't get rid of him, but he's not good enough to put you over the top. Because even you guys have them with this team, with the best wide receiver in the league and all these other weapons. You have them going out in the wild card because any other team getting to the playoffs from this division is, is going to beat them. That's not because of Derek Carr. That's because of the rest of the team like the, there are huge holes in this team along various levels it's, 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 it's true but if you, if you if you put any of the other quarterbacks in this division on this team you would give them more wins right yeah yeah, yeah so probably. Derek Carr is a problem in but your division if he is the worst quarterback in your division that's unfair like that's like it's 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 a moving target and the target is very high in the AFC West like. yeah but I'm sorry but that's life in the AFC West they're gonna have to aim high no no I, I, I agree with Connor on that it's if you're the fourth best quarterback in your division and your team is otherwise a playoff team then that is a problem for you and he's got to step up and he has he has had one or two seasons where yeah he's like, he has if he has good. one of those seasons they, they they would be very impressive yeah 
I like I, like I said, I think it's a decent team. I just think it's a tough it's a tough break for them where they are at the moment. We'll finish up on the oh sorry yeah, and just to be clear, I'm seven and ten and have them missing the playoffs. You both have them at ten and seven, getting the seventh seed and being knocked out in the wild card. That's also I was like I was considering doing the Raiders one. I was like you guys are a lot more on lockstep on where you think these guys are than I am. So we'll leave it to that. And finally for the FC West, the Chiefs they've added Marcus Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sky Moore wide receiver, Ronald Jones, Isaiah Pacheco at running back as well as I think about 12 other running backs the running back position is very confusing at the moment for the Chiefs on defense side of the ball they brought in Justin Reed Trent McDuffie Lonnie Johnson Brian Cook Joshua Williams Jalen Watson Dion Bush George Karlaftis Jermaine Carter Leo Chenal and Taylor Stallworth big move and the big surprise for me in the offseason was the uh, trading of Tyreek Hill they also lost to Marcus Robinson Byron Pringle Darrell Williams Austin Blythe Mike Remmers defensive side Tyrion Matthew Traverius Ward Mike Hughes Daniel Sorensen Armani Watts also then Anthony Hitchens, Jaron Reed, Melvin Ingram, Alex Okafor and Ben Neiman. So obviously, big question, is Tua a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> given the uh, comments of <laughs> Tyree Kilson's getting there? Yeah, also just just as a general thing, that's a that's a nothing story. They're paying Hill as a the face of their franchise down there. He has to hype up his boys. Like if he what what's he gonna do? Say no, he's a worse passer. Like, of course he's gonna do that. It's like it's a nothing story. There is a genuine question though of will Mahomes struggle without Hill in this offense. He was his go to guy. He's had, you know, multiple over a thousand yard seasons, huge amounts of touchdowns. There was a couple of issues with drops last year, but overall has been kind of his go-to guy outside of Travis Kelsey the thing is there's not really a person who can step up and replace that production directly you know you've got Mikael Hardman is a speed guy you've got Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS coming in to try and take the spot and they've also drafted Sky Moore the rookie so like they are kind of going with a we're going to take multiple people and we're going to try and do it but I think what you're going to see is a bit more of a diversification of the offense Travis Kelsey is still going to get a lot a lot of targets but I'd imagine that they're just going to have to start doing more of spreading the ball around which I think will be very good for the offense structurally problem is obviously one Reed's route tree and playbook are notoriously a bit difficult to get to hands with so will everyone be up to speed early in the season or will they struggle at the start also then if you're playing fantasy football probably just avoid most of the Chiefs wide receivers because it'll be spread around and it'll be absolutely infuriating the big moves I think in this offseason outside of obviously the rejig at the wide receiver position because the line is pretty much the same with maybe a little bit of competition with Darian Kennard coming in they brought in Karlaftis to join the defensive front, so now they got Clark, Jones, Natty, and Karlaftis in there, which I think is quite a nice combo on the 4-3. They've also got Jones and Clark both in contract years, so you'd imagine that they'll both have to step up a little bit quietly. I think they've built quite a nice linebacking core in Kansas yeah. City at the moment so we've got Nick Bolton Willie Gay we've got the rookie Leo Chanel in there as well as a couple of other people who are pushing into it but like it's gone from a position that was for years a, a big gaping hole for us I also wouldn't be amazed if we saw some a, a veteran being picked up towards the tail end to go in there in rotation like a Justin Houston or someone coming back yeah and then the, the, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces in the defensive backfield which is a bit of a worry so there's a couple of people there who are good so Sneed is good Thornhill is good Fenton is fine like they've got the the rookie McDuffie coming in there they've got a few Justin Reed and people like that coming in who like I don't think Justin Reed is particularly great but like I'll take I'll take anyone that means that they don't resign Dirty Dan again because I I just can't put up with another year of watching him big plays and then make one big play and then say oh isn't it great I stopped a touchdown having just given up three in the rest of the game but yeah so I think I think there's question marks at the at the defensive back area and then like I 
as, as I said for I think it was the the Raiders in particular this is not a division that is that's particularly good to have a soft secondary because there's a lot of good passes in here there's a lot of good receivers and I think they don't really unless McDuffie really steps up I don't think they've really got a like going one-on-one type cornerback so they'll need to be using the safeties pretty consistently to provide support in those bits so I think that's uh, that's a concern but I would expect that the the front seven to be stepping up and to see a good bit more pressure this year than we did previously I've got some worries about the offense but you know in Pat we trust and with all of the weapons that are there the the, the big one that's just confusing for me on the offense and I'd, 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 I'd love your taste on this lads like what in the shit are they doing at running back like They've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. They bring in Ronald Jones. Now they've brought back in Jarek McKinnon on a one-year as well. I think there's about three or four more on the roster at the moment. And I I, I hesitate to say that, like, if, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't a first-round pick, would he still be, at least in theory, at the top of this rotation? Because I don't think he would be. And I think they either need to see him step up to, where he, to, the, to, to the quality of where he was drafted early in the season, or they need to stop using him that much there and just put him into a buried rotation where he's more of a pass catching back or something like that. Because I don't think he's he's performed to the level that you'd want. So that's, that's another weakness that I would see on the offense. But I think they're trying to rectify that with a rotation. But again, in, in, in an Andy Reid system, do you need a huge amount at the running back position? Because he doesn't seem to like to do it. I don't know if you remember, there was a game last year where Andy Reid ran it I think 10 of the first 12 plays and he genuinely looked physically ill doing it so I don't think we're ever going to see him do that again but that said look I've, 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 I've got all the faith in the world and they're going to be able to, to get it done I like the young pieces I, I can see how it could be a down year I think the additional pressure from the front four in particular are going to help make this defense a good bit better and make up for the lack of a couple of players. As good as Matthew was, he was losing a little bit of a step towards the tail end as well. He was fantastic at diagnosing plays, but he was tackling two steps behind. So I have them going 12-5, and five, which is good enough for the second seed. I think I have the Bills getting the first seed. But yeah, like, what, 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 are, your th- what are your thoughts? Uh, on the running back thing, it's definitely a situation where they don't have to be the best running back in the world if you know the other off like defense is just basically putting eight guys in coverage. Like obviously that was most painfully felt in the AFC Championship where the Cincinnati Bengals were just like, well, you're never going to run the ball. We'll just like stop defending the run basically. And Andy Reid is like, but what do I do? What am I going to do? Run the ball? Which you're getting? No way, man. But like, hey, they got Ronald Jones, so maybe like he's a power back, so he's like running, running back. So maybe yeah, they were they were they were missing a goal line kind of guy yeah. as well. This guy can literally do nothing else, so I suppose we have to run the ball if we're going to put him on the field. So, you know, kind of forced the choice there. I think, like, look, I, I think Tyreek Hill is a unique talent. Uh, we talked about that when he went to Miami. I think his ability not only to be fast, like someone like MVS is fast, but Tyreek Hill is fast, but also an elite route runner who developed that skill over his time in, in, yeah. in Kansas City and just has that top of route shiftiness that is just unique to him. Just that ability to kind of confound and and make defensive backs basically shit their pants and then giving them like a 12 a 12 yard cushion just because they're afraid of what he can do and make uncertainty for them and basically beat them you know with a microsecond of his action and you're just not going to get that with mvs or michael Hartman. they're just they're just more your classic fast guys they'll beat you deep but they're not going to win you with win with right running i think juju smith schuster very very team friendly contract i think he'll actually be more most useful in the sense that he's almost like a big a big slot kind of guy almost this time like more of a michael thomas type and i think that'll be useful particularly because Travis Kelsey's going to let more get a lot more attention. So if you have another reliable option across the middle of the field, then I think Juju is set up to probably have a you know a pretty solid season with Patrick Mahomes obviously there just you know being so 
great at football, as it were. And then Sky Moore is kind of the X factor, like the rookies brought in. Some guys are really, really high in this guy. Um, as kind of like a gadget guy, a guy you could get the ball into his hand and let him like do stuff for you. Obviously, maybe in the future, maybe hoping for him to come like the new Tyreek Hill, but certainly in first year, just get it into his hands and see what he can do. And given the huge amount of opportunities that are be available there, there's no reason to believe that wouldn't make sense. And the offensive line is still good, so that shouldn't be a problem. Defense. Like Frank Clark is eternally one of those very up and down players, but I think, as you said, Connor, since he's in a contract year, it'll just go into the Frank Clark. Okay, now I have to play good to make money situation, and he will just have one of his up years. And Chris Jones—that's that's an issue. With Chris Jones—he's always just uh, pretty good. And then I think it is a lot of pressure to bring in a guy like Karloftis as a rookie, and obviously all of the early signs and talk from camp is really positive about him as both a hard worker, but also being very talented. Ah, yeah, but come on, you, you, I don't—I th- don't think you have any rookies that aren't getting positive press. <laughs> this time of but year. Yeah, like. yeah, but like, I think the pass rush, if he doesn't turn out to be an effective pass rusher, that could be an issue. But like, to be fair, with Spags, it's not a, it's not a situation that he's usually sending four guys and relying on the defense and like, you know, breaking through coverage. Just a guy who loves the blitz, who loves to get the guys involved and throwing extra, like, exotic pressures there. So, you know, both on the front end and the defensive backs, like, the defensive backs have never been that good. Like, I know Traverius Ward became a solid player, but he's not like a, a an all-pro Jalen Ramsey type. You know, the Spags defense is not designed to have the most talented guys necessarily. It's a defense designed for Steve Spagnolo to win against the quarterback and create big plays lots of points given up lots of yards given up but also big plays big sacks big turnovers things that turn it there and when you have you know if you're going to the gunfight you know the Chiefs have been coming with the biggest guns for the last you know three like four five years with Patrick Mahomes at the at the wheel just shooting up other teams and winning that way is it the most safest way to win no but when you have Patrick Mahomes fuck it you win that way and of course they've basically as you kind of alluded to earlier Connor like in the AFC West Patrick Mahomes has been dragging this entire division into we all have to have incredible offense we all have to trade for Devontae Adams or draft Justin Herbert or trade for Russell Wilson we all have to be all ready to score 50 points in any given game because the Chiefs now exist in our division and because of that I suppose just as a, as a top to the entire preview today it makes this the best division of football the most fun division of football so no matter what happens the Chiefs are going to be good this entire division will be fun and I'm really looking forward to it yeah, Sean you're a little bit lower shock higher missing the playoffs it's only two wins in the difference between what you guys are predicting and what I'm predicting, but the difference in terms of the impact is instead of being a deep run in the playoffs, it's missing out. I mean, it's 10 wins, so it's still going to be a decent season, but just the way the AFC works out, that means they don't make the playoffs. I mean, I think it's a transitional year, and it's going to be very hard to be a, in a transitional year in this division. I mean, the loss of Tyreek Hill is, I think there, it, he's a very big part of what that offense does. Both in terms of the old style of just have them, you know, beat people in straight out sprints, but also in the, the adjustments they made last season in terms of making getting him free. He was the guy that they, they managed to get free once they the system began to they began to adjust to the to do the two deep safety looks they were getting and, and changing around. So without him, you begin to question how this offense is going to do things. I mean, MVS, Juju, they flatter to deceive. They're, they're, they're not the guys you can rely on. Now, you do still have Mahomes. You do still have Andy Reid as, as the play caller. So they're going to solve this problem. But I do think it's going to take some time to solve it. This is not, this is not a ready-to-run team that can go out week one and look gangbusters. This is a team that's going to have to feel its way out. And by week six or seven, they're going to be they're going to know who they are. And in this division, that's going to be a difficult place to be. I think I have them having quite a slow start they didn't build up but they never managed to make it back into contention given how good the other teams are so there's 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 problems there in terms of that adjustment i think it's going to be there's going to be a little bit of a feeling out 
for the Chiefs that's going to going to cost them in the long run. Defensively, I I really struggle to figure out this defense as a thing. They give up so many yards on on all types of plays, but then they don't give up many points. They are kind of big in the explosive plays, kind of take away things, and the loss of Honey Badger is going to be big in terms of that. I mean, is Justin Reed the answer there? Probably not. Trent McDuffie, as I said, he was an exciting prospect when the when it looked like the Pats might draft him. I mean, I think Reed uh, and the coaching staff there will find interesting things to do with him, but he is going to take, I mean, some time to learn it as as all rookies are. So, I mean, I, there's a lot of questions here, right? There's there's this is not the team of the last two or three years where it's like this team is just going to run over for opponents, kind of clock up huge points totals, and just make teams kind of outshoot them this is going to be something else now we don't know what that something else is and we've every reason to believe with with the talent of Mahomes and then the coaching ability of Andy Reid that it's going to be something good but I think it's going to take a little while to get there and they could take a couple of early uh, losses which in this division is going to hurt them so I do have them ending up at 10 wins and missing out largely because I think it's going to take it's going to take a while for this team to gel properly It'll be an interesting season for them now. And like you said, there are a good couple of moving parts and so much of it has been based on that Hill-Mahomes connection that there will be some growing pains, certainly. I'm just hoping that they can learn quickly on the fly. So I suppose, look, that'll wrap us up for the AFC West. So it's uh, bye for myself, bye from Roman. Bye. bye from John. Bye. It's an awful recording. Thanks for listening. I'll chat to you next week.